Hello, everyone. Pastor Deborah here, and we are again in another portion of the Spiritual Multitude, volume number three. We are beginning part number 26. We're moving along, but we have many, many more parts to go. You know, I wrote these volumes of one, two, and three of the spiritual multitudes years ago for you. They were so long, filled with wonders and stories, scriptures, and they were filled with true personal stories about me and this God of agape love. That's right. So I'm beginning number 26, and we're going to pick up where we left off. We left off in John 3, 16 through 21. That's right. We were going to pick up in this one in verse number 17. But before we do, I want to say welcome, welcome to all of you here in the garden. God is using this letter powerfully, drawing all of you. Yeah, I can see you right now out sitting in front of me. Precious little spirits, forever people that will live long after the earthly body gives way to death. That's right. I have been privileged for over 40 years to be involved with a great revival. I got started in 1995 with a revival in a church I was attending, or soon would be attending, the Brownsville Assembly of God Church here in Pensacola, Florida. That's right. For years and years and years, God's presence came every single night, even during our prayer meetings. I learned how to do prayer. Lay hands on people, have God move through me, his glory like move through him when he healed a lady with the issue of blood. That's right. Then I learned how to cast out devils with the anointing I had and the gift of discerning of spirits and gifts of knowledge and wisdom. I was beginning to really come alive into the kingdom of heaven. I had to study, and I found a wonderful, wonderful teacher named Dr. Miles Monroe. He's now in heaven. He was from the Bahamas Faith Ministries, and he taught on the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. I learned. I studied. I read his books. I watched his videos. I made notes, and I grew and grew fast. I knew God was in a hurry. We were told that from the great evangelist, Steve Hill, who's now in heaven. He said God was in a hurry to get his work done. Time was short. And he needed people going out into the world to reach other people, to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. And he couldn't do that through the church at that time. The church was a mess. It was in divisions and denominations and disunity. There was religion everywhere. People needed to be cleaned up within the church. Every single night, this Steve Hill gave an altar call to all of us who believed to come down to the altar and get the sin out of our lives. 
so God could touch us and clean us up and prepare us for his work. I did that, and I was a believer. I did that all every night. And then even when I got on the prayer team, if God pricked my heart, told me I said something, had thoughts of something I shouldn't, I went down to the altar, and God forgave me. He was cleaning me up. And spiritually, there were things going on I didn't understand. One of my stories is very early in this revival. When I was laying on the floor, they call it being slain in the spirit. I laid in God's presence spiritually. God took my physical abilities away so he could touch my spirit without any interference, sort of like when you sleep. But I was wide awake. I could hear everything. I couldn't open my eyes. I found myself one night laying in a crystal river gently flowing over me. And a hand came spiritually, started scrubbing me, cleansing me, pouring that clean, pure water over me. Then a hand showed up with a golden sponge. And he was cleaning me with the light. I don't know what kind of soap that was, but boy, did it do a wonderful job. Then a golden light showed up and started going, drying me. And when I was all finished, I heard this. He goes, now, I have cleaned you up spiritually for the work that you were to do for me in the kingdom of heaven. I didn't know what it meant. But then I got on the deliverance team, got on the prayer team, learned how to have God move through me like he did his son, Christ Jesus, through a single touch. I would say, touch him, Lord. And down they'd go. I used to shiver and shake and sweat. The power of God was so powerful coming through me. I didn't think he would do that with me. I had been a recipient of someone else's touch of God. And it was frightening to think God would move through me like he moved through those other people. But he did. And he opened up the word to me, became living and alive. I looked behind the black words. I could see his spiritual meanings. And my eyes started seeing things. Saw this one lady, she'd gotten prayer. And she had fallen out, and she was very overweight. So as they went to pick her up and put her in a big wheelchair, she stood up barking like a dog and hissing like a snake, growling. And there was some man there, and he started saying, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. You be bound. You have no authority here. Be bound. And go, what is going on? If the mental health world would see this lady, they would think she needed a straight jacket and go straight to the psychiatric hospital and be given a medication to knock her out. But that didn't happen. This man only had to say those words a few times. and She was out on the steps. So they got her up. And I didn't know what was going on. It was my first time ever seeing a demonic manifestation. And this God was opening up the kingdom. He was opening up this world, as you can see behind me. Now, if you see my hands sort of 
disappear. Please remember, I don't use a green screen. And today, I may not look that great. I've been fiddling with my camera and how to sit and how to lean correct. I don't use a green screen. They're too cumbersome. They are too big. They're too, just, they just don't fit me. So please forgive me if my hair does things, my hand disappears, or you see my background coming through. This is a motion video from Pixabay. I love Pixabay. They are a wonderful organization, and they provide this free ministry of motion videos. And I go into it and download them. Some are too big, and so I just use what I can. So in this next part of Volume 3, God be loved, the greatest gift, we're going to talk some more. Mm-hmm. I'm right where we were. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for helping us to hear your words, to see beyond the veil and to the realm of the supernatural, the realm of the spiritual, the realm where you live, and the enemy of you, your adversary himself, Satan, and all of his evil, wicked thoughts and ways in the way of the flesh. Thank you for helping us, Father. We need it so much. We all need cleaning up like you cleaned me up, Pastor Deborah, long ago. We all need to come to the altar if we already believe. Those of us who don't believe, we need a new birth experience. We need a Hebrews 4.12, a new birth out of our soul. We need to be cleansed and born again in your righteousness so you can begin helping us to learn and grow. So, Father, be with us in this number 26 part of volume three, Agape Love, the greatest gift. So, welcome, and let's begin. We're going to review verse number 16 of John 3. That was number 25. I'm just going to read it to you. Verse 16, for God so loved the world, all of humanity, the government that was to be on planet Earth, that he spiritually gave his only begotten son, his spoken word out of his mouth, which became placed in somebody named the Christ. The Christ was the anointed king, which is the word, and it was inside a dirt body named Jesus. And this word was sent to us here on earth. The word became one of us in a dirt body, just like us, so that whoever would believe in him should not perish from the Father, this God of the eternal love, joy, and peace, the kingdom of heaven that we all are seeking. It's actually truth. You see that in the matrix. Where Neo is seeking truth about the matrix. It's also freedom from evil that we see in the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. This search of humanity's heart is out there in many, many movies. That's right. So he goes on and says, I don't want you to perish from that, from me. And I got beloved to be eternally separated and go to hell and be tortured and tormented. And then you'll be judged. Oh, yeah. For your deeds, your words. And if they don't line up with the kingdom of heaven, 
and him and his love, joy, and peace, you're banished for all eternity to the second death, the lake of fire. You'll be down there with all the demonics. That's right. Never will be remembered again. No way to come out. So he said, I don't want that for humanity. So I got to send myself to help him. So he did. He came as a baby. Because of his love for you, his agape love, he came and he brought and he filled up his own word with everlasting spiritual forgiveness, mercy, love, joy, and peace from the kingdom of heaven, the very heart of God himself. Mm -hmm. So you just have to believe he came. I just saw a wonderful movie where somebody said, I see something happening, but I don't believe it yet. Your belief can be small in faith. It may just believe, okay, maybe this guy came. But there's a lot of people saying he didn't come. Can't find him. Well, no, he got raised up out of it. Can't find his grave. He came up out of it. He's up in heaven sitting on the right hand of this letter of agape love himself. Oh, he comes and visits us in dreams. He sends his angels and he sends out messengers, apostles, pastors, evangelists to come and tell you about him. So you too will miss a lake of fire. You'll never have to go there. So in this one, number 26, we're picking up in verse Number 17, verse number 17, why would God, this eternal God that's so powerful, why would he do this for humanity? We don't hear much about that from other gods. All they want is your obedience. And they want you to convert other people by the sword and get money from them. And if they decide to find and love another God, you're to be there to be killed. That's not a loving God. But why would this God of agape love do this for you and for me? Why did God do this? For God sent forth his son, very own words, filled with the anointing of agape love, life and freedom. Came through his son, his own words. They became a human filled with dirt named Jesus. But inside Jesus was something called the Christ, the anointed king, which is the word that had become flesh. And he sent this word out of his own mouth, breathed it, sent it, and it went out of him in great peace. And it was sent to fulfill a mission. And this young man named Jesus Christ was steadily always fulfilling it until he was 33 years old. And then the accumulation, the sacrifice on the cross had to come. A human had to pay for the sin of a, our very first ancestor named Adam. And by the law of the kingdom of heaven, that judgment was applied 
to this Christ Jesus. And where was all of humanity before all this? They were down in hell, Tardis, Hades, locked behind prison doors, being tortured, waiting and waiting, waiting. God was holding off judgment on all humanity until he could get his sacrifice on a cross. So down from the kingdom of heaven came the word itself. Down into this dark kingdom where Satan and his kingdom of darkness and ignorance ruled through the soul, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm -hmm. And where the spirit was in captivity, tortured and vexed, filled with demonic spirits. And they had a main strong man, one who was an unholy spirit, who would be the governor of the spirit and would use to its advantages the powers of the spirit and the soul. But this young man named Jesus the Christ, he didn't come to condemn the world. It was already condemned, we learn. It was already sentenced, was already condemned to death, spiritual separation. And it was condemned to go to the lake of fire unless something could happen for all of humanity, for all of time was spiritually condemned to eternal spiritual death, separation from this God of agape love due to the great sin, the transgression of Adam. He was given one order when he was young. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It, for in the day that you eat, you will surely die. What that meant was your life as a living spirit to me, your connection, being in the family, having the governor of the kingdom of heaven, the Holy Spirit, would all leave you and you would sink into your soul, to your helpmate. You would follow your helpmate, the woman, the wound man, and you would do whatever she did and you would follow her. And that is why many religions, they see the power of the soul, the woman, to lead and guide and tricks and bewitch the man. So they keep the female, the woman, clothed under burqas, hijabs. They keep them isolated. They don't let them have any say in anything because of the fear and the power that this woman has. But they didn't realize it wasn't the woman herself, the physical body, but it was the man who would look at with his eyes physically and just lust after the physical body, to touch it, see it, taste it, be one with it. And he would look at children the same way. He would have a craving, a burning fire of its eyes to have pleasure, wanted to look at beautiful things. And then the lust of the flesh. I want my appetites to be satisfied, whatever they are. I want peace. And then I want to be 
the most powerful person in the world, even if it's just in my family or in the business or in the community. I want a star on the walk of fame. I want my name on a building. I want to be recognized with medals. I want to rule, not this God in heaven. He has nothing to say what I do. That was the mess humanity was in when this son of God, this word made flesh came. He came to overcome all of that, that rebellion and disobedience, the lust, appetites, to God's command of do not eat of that tree, the fruit of it, the knowledge of good and evil that was in the midst of the Garden of Eden. When you have knowledge, you have experience with something. You know now. When you're given a command, don't do something, and you decide to break it or do it and not follow it, you will know good and evil. But instead, the Son, this Christ Jesus, he came to the world of humanity to spiritual forever persons, so that through him, this son of the living God, of agape love, that was sent that they might be spiritually saved, redeemed, forgiven, given a new birth, and placed back in the family. All of that was the reason. It was already condemned. And this young man was trying to help it. But the religious people of the day, as they are now, they will only see him as, you are trying to steal our sheep. Who anointed you? You didn't go to a Bible school. How come you challenge our rituals and our culture? We have prayer meetings. Now we're on Zoom with prayer meetings. We got to find out what this God wants us to do. This one lady I've been sort of trying to help, who was very resistant because I figured out she's religious flesh. She has a burden for the body of Christ. It's in disunity. It's disconnected. It's in divisions. Doesn't all speak the same message. And I sent her the scriptures that said, hey, Paul tells us when you act like that and you are a believer of this Christ Jesus, you're a baby. You're but a child. You haven't grown up yet. You're not mature. Don't have the mind of Christ working in you. Still looking at the outside, looking at the female sex, the male sex, the color of the skin. You go by denominations, divisions. You're in religion. Now she's trying to have conferences and she's trying to attract people, but she's not attracting many. And the only ones she's attracting are of the female sort. Mm -hmm. Most people out on these social medias, they have their own things that they're doing. They are about deliverance work. They're about helping people be healed from victimization. They are out there educating people. Scripture references. And all she shows us is her face. It's all about her. And she does a few videos, but you can't really understand her. Her 
language is very religious. And she doesn't want to look at the real reason. She's not a teacher. Mm -mm. So I don't know how she's going to do. I know she's trying. So let's go to verse number 18. He, any one of this dark spiritual world here on earth where humanity is in. See, I live in the same world that you do. My dirt bodies of this earth, but my soul and spirit are no longer of it. I don't have the same concepts, ideas, principles that most of you do. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world anymore. I don't do what the world does. I don't comment as the world comments. Look around and see what the world is doing. And ask yourself, would you do that in front of the king, Jesus? In front of the king of the kingdom of heaven, would you march, yell, scream? Make posters, get in front of his face, command that he change his laws. He'd wave his hand, banish you from his presence. Jesus didn't do that. He loved the Romans. He loved those who were chastised by society. He loved the prostitutes. He loved the thieves. He even loved old Judas who was going to betray him. He got more irritated at religious people who were knowledgeable of the Old Testament, gone to school, could read and write, but not of those who couldn't. Those who do not have a lot of the word are easy to believe. Now, Pastor Deborah has been saved since she was four. I read the Bible, still have the very same one that I read as a child. It's all worn now. I still have it. Didn't understand the words until God could touch my spirit that I became a true seeker. Now, I was seeking him in college. Used to go to church when nobody else went in my family. But I was always looking around for prostitutes and homeless people and drug addicts in church. Couldn't find them. Couldn't find in a particular religion denomination, anybody of another skin color. So I was wondering what was going on because Pastor Deborah grew up in a military family. We had all colors, all nations, all cultures. So I began looking and seeking and searching, wanting a personal, intimate relationship with him that I saw the people in the Bible did. I saw that, that Adam did. And then Noah did. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, King David, and Saul. I saw this. Ezekiel. Oh, my gosh. I love Ezekiel. He took some trips. And I said, God, if you will take him on those kind of spiritual trips, please. You said that you do not have any respect of a person. You'll take me. Show me what you showed him. Show me what you showed Isaiah. The ancient of days. Show me heaven. Because I became a seeker, he started opening up his word. 
And then I didn't realize that he gifted me the discerning of spirits, that I would hear and see people in the spirit. And I was anointed several times for them to come to me and hear my words like you are now. So it was a 24-hour gift. And my dreams, going up and down my stairs, cutting grass, driving a car, it didn't matter. I had to get my spirit ready to do work. I had to know the Father's heart. I learned that in Isaiah 61 and 62. I learned that in Hebrews 4.12. So I studied him. And we became partners in his work of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So verse 18 is telling us that those of you who are in that spiritual dark kingdom called the kingdom of darkness, unbelievers, or if you're even a baby believer and have not yet been really cleaned up or had a Hebrews 4.12, he says, if you just spiritually believe that his son who he sent, his word, then you won't be condemned anymore to that lake of the fire. And then he says, you'll be a baby. And you're going to have to grow. So he is saying, I got a solution to the problem. I took care of that. But you have to believe. Got to get to know me. He says, all you have to do is believe first. And then that final condemnation, the lake of fire, that's over with. Now, whether you are successful and begin to work in the family business as a mature believer, that's up to you. Religion doesn't want you to grow. Like I was telling you about that lady. She, they have to have these prayer meetings. I've done prayer meetings. Okay? Used to go once a week and pray at banners at the Brownsville Assembly of God. Mm -hmm. used to walk around the church. Then God started saying, go home and pray. But religion wanted to keep you there, and they still do. They want you to fast for the month of January and be in a whole month of prayer, January, trying to find out what he wants to do for this new year. He says, I never change. What I want back then is what I want now. Be about Isaiah 61 and 62. That's my work. So I don't have to pray what he wants. I hear him all the time. I'm praying to him all the time. Now, I had to wean me off of going to church in a building, waiting till 1030 at night to be touched. He said, I can touch you anywhere I want to. Just get in my word. Spend quiet time with me. Have a date with me. He set me at home for years, reading and studying and writing. Then I had years of healing. And then I tried to go back to church. Couldn't do it anymore. He had taken religion out of me, going to a building, working deep in the level of the spirit. I have to work with people who leave their bodies, like you are, in dreams. Mm -hmm. That's a whole new level of religion. And that lady I was telling you about, and a lot of people that fall, they're in religion. That's what that is. But you have to go to a building, and she has a language that's religious. You didn't hear Jesus talk like that, but that's how she was trained. It ain't going to go very far in, in God's business. 
So verse 18 goes on and tells us, but he, any one of this darkened world, the kingdom of darkness, that believes not in this Christ Jesus who was sent as the son of the living God. Now, a lot of people know he came. They know he went to a cross. They don't believe he arose and they don't believe he's the son of God because they say God has no children. So that's how they kind of discount this Jesus. He says, if you don't believe that I sent my word who became flesh, my son, you're still, you are still spiritually condemned to the lake of fire. And he doesn't want you to be there. So he sent Pastor Deborah. I'm just one of many that have come, that are out here trying to reach you and help you. Now, some do it through wonderful teaching videos, through song, through dance. The Bible's on YouTube. People are doing it many different ways. We're trying to reach you out there in the darkness. And he says, you will still remain under that condemnation. Because you have not yet spiritually believed in the name, the nature, the being, the essence, the character, the image, the likeness, the reality of the very presence of God in his son, Christ Jesus. Verse number 19. You see me looking down because I have my notes there. And this is the spiritual condemnation. That spiritual light, life, truth, knowledge, the word of God, God's own image and likeness, God's own name and nature, his presence has come into the world of humanity, spiritually. Yet men love the darkness, the ignorance, rather than the light. They didn't want to know the truth, this knowledge of this word of God himself. They didn't want to meet him, believe in him. They don't even want to say that what people do is sin. Because as long as there's no sin, there's no judgment from this God. So they just want to say, well, we can't bring that into government. We can't bring that God into government. Now, they tried that years ago in history. The Catholic Church tried to make, and we see it in uh, another country, they try to, in countries, they try to make their religion, the religion of the government of that nation. Problem is, it won't work because in this world, you have the flesh, the soul. He's looking for your spirit. And from your spirit, it will train and transform your soul. Then your soul will make the proper decisions, make the right laws. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because the flesh is a mess. So is the soul. So he is saying that there are people that would rather stay in ignorance 
They don't want his light shining on them. Politician doesn't want the truth to come out. He doesn't want all his real attitudes and beliefs and what he's really after. He doesn't want it, the world to see his greed and corruption. So they hide. They lie. They cheat. They use whatever powers they have available. They'll dance and dance and tell you all kinds of sorrowful stories, but they won't change because they are still creatures of the darkness, of ignorance, of corruption. They would rather stay there than come to the light and let God look at it. When God started looking at Pastor Deborah, it wasn't pretty. He'll show you things you did, you believe. He still does it now when I have get certain attitudes. I have to repent because religion and flesh and I don't get along at all. And I want to tell the people, and I try, and it goes nowhere. So I have to distance myself. But he'll get after you if you will let him. And he is saying, there's some of you don't want it. You don't want his truth to shine on what you're doing or thinking or believe. Or why you're doing what you're doing. You don't want, you don't want him to shine on your deeds. But you will be judged. That's right. So he goes on and says that your deeds, your behaviors, your thoughts, your ideas, your concepts, your principles, your ulterior motives, they're evil. They're wicked. They're not righteous in his eyes. They are rebellious and disobedient to agape love, joy, and peace. And you are disobedient to him. That's right. Could be a politician, a prime minister, a majesty, a royalty, business owner, CEO, a bank owner, just a mother or a father. That's all. Maybe you're retired. Maybe you're a football star, tennis star. Maybe you're just a child. Maybe you're a teenager in school or a college student. He's looking. But people don't want to look. Their soul does not want to look. It wants to believe what it wants to believe. It wants to remain, I'm a victim because something happened to me. I got born in the wrong country. I got born the wrong sex. I got born with the wrong skin color. I got born in slavery. I am oppressed. I have been abused. He said, none of that matters to God. He says, I will. That person in that soul who believes it must die. And a new you must come out. That's the rebirth. I had to get there. Jan had to die. She, oh, she was nasty. You'll read about that. And it's time. Mm -hmm. Pastor Deborah had to arise and be this new creature in Christ that God said I already was. But I didn't have awareness of it. I had a spiritual experience of being in sight of Christ Jesus on the cross one night. Being crucified and going to hell. And being born again. Resurrected in the tomb. I know what it means to die. Your soul, your goals, your desires, what you've always wanted. I know what it means to discipline your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, your words. Because I've been through it. And you will have to go through it too. 
So here, as we are closing, this part of Volume 3, The Spiritual Multitudes. God beloved, the greatest gift. He wants to help you. He wants to free you from that old, old, evil, wicked, rebellious self of your soul and birth you anew, a new baby creature, never been created before, birthed of light and of light, and then raise you up in the kingdom of heaven. If you would like that today, he's here to do just that. And he will. If you're already born again and you've messed up like Pastor Deborah and you need a revived spirit, a revival in you, cleaning and cleansing, that's here for you too. If you need deliverance from evil spirits that have controlled your life, that are in you, that's here too. If you need a physical healing or a healing of your soul, that's here also. It's all from him. You just ask. Father, those who have come, we ask that you do. Isaiah 61. You fulfill your words to them. That you show and demonstrate your kingdom of heaven to them. So they will believe. Father, that is not any new work for you. That's just your work here on earth. It is your work, Father. Nobody else's. It's done through your Holy Spirit with their permission. Help them, Father, to find you, to touch you, to understand you. That you are a loving, loving Father. A God who heals them. A God who makes them new. God who's been waiting for so long. For you and them to be one in a family. So, Father, be about your work. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, that ends this one. And I'll see you again in the next part, part number 27 of the Spiritual Multitudes, volume number three, part 27. We'll pick up here in verse 21. Bye. See you. Mm -hmm. You guys go and enjoy the garden. It's a beautiful day out today. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.